open up to Luke chapter 2, verse 41. My name is Aaron Wells. I do story time here at Church and Security. Occasionally let me up on the stage. Um, I think because I'm the most expressive of the people who teach here most of the time. So uh, let's try it. Little guys, kids, I'm going to try to keep you into it as best as I can um, by trying to illustrate uh, this story about our father, Jesus. And so let's read real quick. We'll pray and then we'll jump into this. In Luke chapter 2, verse 41, it says, Now his parents, Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it, but supposing him to be in the group that everyone else was with, they went a day's journey. And then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And, what, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. And after three days, they found Jesus in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. That means blown away. They couldn't believe it. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I'd be in my father's house? But Mary and Joseph didn't understand the saying that he spoke to them. And then in 51 and 52 it says, but Jesus submitted himself to them. Um, So let's pray and we'll get into today's story. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I especially thank you for your word. I thank you that it's true and that um, because of it, Lord, we can be made whole, that our questions can be answered, and that we can grow close to you, and in that place we can find peace and faith. We love you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. So we just got done with Christmas, right? Kids, who had a good Christmas? Right? Lots of cool stuff. Maybe you got the car. I don't know. Maybe you got the BB gun. Shot your eye out. You're sitting here looking at me like this right now. Going, what happened? The Christmas story's true. Right? Maybe you got, I don't know, you got the, the drone that flies in the air, but now you got to get your FAA pilot's license. A little disappointing. I get it. You know? Um, I don't know. Maybe you got your cool stuff. But when, when we talk about Christmas, we try to focus on the birth of Jesus because that's when we celebrate it. And I was thinking the other day, like, can you imagine for a minute, guys, being God? Right? Everyone can think of a superhero, right? Superman. Huge muscles, right? I mean, he's got the eight pack. He's got like barbells for arms, laser eyes, see-through x-ray vision. I don't know if you're a Power Ranger guy. Maybe you're into the karate kicks, you know. I can't do a spin kick. It might hurt my back, but maybe you're into that. I don't know if you're into the princess pony, okay? Maybe it's the princess pony. I don't know. Maybe it's Cinderella. You know, the blue dress. The cute blonde hair coming down the side. Oh, I found my slipper. You know, maybe it's that. I don't know. But you can pick your favorite thing in the world, and you're like, this is so cool. I think this is so awesome. And then you can think, wait a second. If I were God, I would be better than that. I would be more super than Superman. For all you Harry Potter fans out there, I use Voldemort as a doorstep. He's the mat I step on and wipe my feet. Right? He's the most impressive, most amazing, the biggest. There's actually different names for God. And it says in the Bible, he's the Lord. He's God. He's the most high. He's the almighty. He's our healer, our righteousness, our provider, our strong tower. He's our peace. He's the conquering king. He has a thing. And he's huge. And he's amazing. And he's God. And he's big. 
big, like so big, right? He created the world. I don't know if he did it that way, but maybe he did. Maybe he woke up one day and God's like, world, and bam, the world was made, guys. And it's amazing when you think about this being, this person, he's gigantic and he's God, and yet, and yet, he did something, didn't he? He did something a little bit different that I wouldn't have suggested. If I was God and I had all the power, I, I would stay God. I'm just being honest. Because then I'd be like, you, I would like a frosted maple bar. Actually, I don't even need you. Bam, frosted maple bar, I'm eating it. <laughs> right? I know I'm not making light of who God is. I'm just saying, can you imagine? Can you really, truly for a second, young people, old people, just imagine what it would be like to rule the universe. The universe. My seven-year-old, Eli, he doesn't even rule his own bedroom. And it drives him up the wall. Why can't I leave in a mess, Dad? Why well, I gotta pick up my toys? No control in this life. We don't even rule ourselves, but God ruled everything. And yet at that time, he came down, right? He came down, and who did he become? Who did he become, guys? Who? Jesus. Who? Jesus. There we go. I think we can all say it. Who did God become? He became Jesus. Jesus. That's right. Can you imagine? And it wasn't one of those deals, you know, like you blow up a balloon with air. It wasn't like baby Jesus was in Mary's tummy and God was like, hey, there's a baby in a tummy. I'm just going to, like, possess that baby. It wasn't something weird like that. Jesus actually became one of us. And this is important because our story today talks about him as a 12-year-old boy. But I want you to get it in your mind that Jesus was God. And he became one of us. It would be like, who likes to swim? I love to swim, right? Kids love to swim. You swim in a pool, swim in a lake. And usually, like, we only go on the water that's nice and blue, Right? Kids, would you swim in a pool that was green and smelled like boogers? No. Because it would be disgusting. No one would do that. That's gross. And yet when I think about what God did by coming down, it was almost like we were swimming in this pool. If you can picture it in your mind, that smelled like uh, a field of manure, right? It was green. And maybe when you put your finger in, it came back out and it was coated with like this slimy sludge, right? And you, and you look at it and like you try to shake it off and it kind of comes off and then you're taking your shoe and gosh, and you're swimming in that. But yeah, you don't know it. When you see the water, it looks blue and it looks clear. And you feel like when you swim, you're like, dude, I'm like super fast. And it's so awesome. And yet here's God standing on the edge of that lake, and he's looking, and he's going, what are they doing? They're swimming in a pool of poo. But they don't even know it. I mean, look over there. There's, there's Richard. And Richard is like, I think, is he doing? He is. He's upside down walking on his hands in the water. He put his head in there. Oh, my gosh. And God's talking to the Holy Spirit. Get a load of that guy. What's he thinking? Holy Spirit's like, I don't know, man. God, these guys, these humans are pretty crazy, right? 
But sin has tainted that vision and made us unable to see what God sees. But yet God stood out there and he goes, you know what, guys? Jesus is looking at God. He's looking at the Holy Spirit. He's saying, looking at himself, I think I need to go in. We need to save those guys. So God steps in the water with us. And it's almost like you can picture the strength sucking out of his body and his muscles going from being fully developed to shriveling and falling. And he's like an old, old man now. And he's struggling through the water to get to us. And he offers his hand and he says, hey, I stepped into the water that I know is disgusting so I could get you. And when I get to you, I just want you to come to me. And you're looking at God going, why are you working so hard? This is beautiful. Why do you have your nose wrinkled up? Why do you look so weird? This water's fantastic. I mean, look. This is like crystal geyser. I mean, I think if you were to test this, this would be 200% pure, God. And God's looking at you going, you are out of your ever-loving mind. What is wrong with you? But yet I love you and I want you. And that was what Jesus did when he came down from heaven to be with us, to be a boy he came down to offer us this way. He came into the muck to stand next to us and grab us out, guys. And that's where the story starts. Long introduction. I'm already out of breath. It's a bad sign. So, where we find Jesus today, though, it's interesting, real quickly on a side note, guys, just so you know, maybe you're interested, maybe you're not, that, oh, man, that God, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. It's interesting to me, though, as we start that, there's only a few stories in the Bible about Jesus as a young person. Really only one. And this is it. Aside from that, we hear about him being born. We hear about David, or David, Mary and Joseph taking him, right, to Egypt and then bringing him back. He's confirmed. And he goes to live in Nazareth. Nazareth. This area. It's kind of a different area. It's kind of like a country bumpkin area, if you will. Almost like if Prineville, would, or not Prineville, maybe Alfalfa. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna mess up somebody, huh? Someone in here is from Alfalfa or Prineville, like, listen, this guy. <laughs> Let's just say it's from a smaller community. You can take your pick, whatever you like. And so when people came from Nazareth, you remember in the Bible it says, what good can come from Nazareth? It'd be like, dude, you're from like Saskatchewan, you know, way out in the middle of nowhere. What do you know, fella? You know, he was from nowhere. But we find in, in chapter 41, or chapter 2, verse 41, that Jesus comes to with his family on Passover. And so it's Passover, right? And this is that time of year. That's not working. Apparently I don't need it. But it's that time of year where once a year they would celebrate when God saved them from the nation of Egypt. And I think it's funny, you know, for you guys, like, we don't really talk about stories like this. I mean, I don't know, we don't really have a story like this, guys, but I think there's a storyline for most of us that are for the, the people of the Bible where we see where it's like, these are big deal moments. I mean, these are the things where they would sit down with their kids and they tell them to come around, they'd be like, hey guys, come, come sit down with your dad, I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about the evil emperor Pharaoh and how God destroyed him and saved all of our people. And then I want to tell you about Moses and what he did and how with the power of God, he split an ocean. And they would tell these stories to their kids all the time. So on Passover, they're commemorating this time. And the first day was where they would kind of celebrate the blood on the doorpost and the sides of the door. 
and the Spirit of God passed over those homes and didn't take the children from there. And then the next seven days was this Feast of Unleavened Bread because did you guys know that when the nation of Israel was fleeing from Egypt, they didn't have time to bake the bread. They couldn't let it rise. So all the bread they had, they just had to give them straight up flat. It was like flat bread, matzah, bread with no yeast. So seven days of eating unleavened bread. And so they go into this story, but their custom was to go up. So they get all their family and friends, right, and they're traveling. And I mean, we're talking like traveling. Like they're going like 60 miles. So you can imagine, you're in this gigantic caravan, right, and you're walking and you're like, hey, um, yo, Jeremiah, it's me, Ben Rickab. And Ben Rickab's like, yo, Joe, what's up, man? I haven't seen you in months. And you're traveling. You guys, yeah, we're going to Passover. This is going to be rad. We're celebrating. Not rad. Maybe they didn't say rad. What do you guys think they said? Probably not awesome. I don't know. This is going to be totally neat. And they're traveling and they're walking along. And it says you always traveled up to Jerusalem. And so they're in this gigantic group. And maybe Jesus, he's 12. So maybe Jesus is over here with his buddies, and he's like, hey, guys, and he's grabbing rocks like, I bet you I can hit Rabbi Ben Marduk in the head from here. And they're like, Jesus, don't do it. You're going to get in so much trouble. He'll never know. And they're throwing rocks, and they're hitting the rabbi. He's like, hey, boys, what do you think you're doing? He's all mad, right? Not the right accent. It's okay. So, but they're traveling, and they're going up to the city. It's Passover. And when they get there, their entire family would be there with them, right? And there'd be... You know, we're talking the city of maybe 20,000 would now grow to a city of, I don't know, 50,000. I'm making up numbers. Who knows? But there's thousands of people there. So you guys can imagine the noise, right? Like, so you guys over here, give me some animal sounds. Donkeys, cows. You guys over here, give me some, like, people talking about sports. Just to give me some noise. Give me some noise. Louder, I can't hear it. And then over here. You guys, give me a little bit of uh, children laughing and playing, right? So louder, louder. This is a big city, 50,000 people. You guys aren't loud enough. Come on, bring it up. I feel like I'm raising the roof. Come on, right? And so things are getting loud. Louder, we're not done yet. I got to get up on stage. So you can imagine for eight days, they're there in this city, and it's loud. And Jesus is playing with little Timna. And Timna is playing with Jesus. And then the other day he goes over to his cousin. And he's like, hey, it's my cousin David. What's going on, Dave? And they're playing, having a great time. And they're worshiping God and they're talking. And at the end of eight days, something happens. It says in verse 42 or 43. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind. So guys... They're at this feast. Jesus, remember, he was God in a body, right? And so the feast ends, and they're packing up. You know, maybe Mary's yelling at Joseph, Joseph, I told you not to bring, I told you to leave that. You don't need to bring that. And Mary, Joseph's like, Mary, would you just leave me alone? Mary, I'm just trying to pack the camel, okay? Would you go over there and take care? I'm trying. Okay, fine, fine. I got the water. Here it is. And so he's hanging the water skins. And then she's like, don't forget the lentils. He's like, I didn't forget the lentils, Mary. They're on the camel. Would you just back up a second? And at the same time, their families are packing up. And did you pack enough bread? Did you do this? And they're kind of in this chaos. Because a thousand, thousands of people came to the city, and now they're all leaving at once in big groups, and they're taking off. And so as they're doing this, you know, Mary's doing her thing. Joseph is doing his thing. And they're kind of watching Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you're getting too far. Come here, you know. But they're busy. 
You know how you kids like to do it? Hey, mom's not looking. Dad's not looking. Let's go steal some food. You know, dad's not looking. I bet you I can break this stick over your head. Don't cry. Right? And mom's not looking. Don't cry. I said don't cry. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't know why he's crying. I said I was sorry, mom. I said I was sorry. Right? You guys know how it is. And so they're like, Jesus, just go play. So Jesus is doing his thing. They're doing their thing. And they start to travel again, right? So they're traveling along. I'm going to walk a little bit. Sorry. Keep, gotta keep I'll get down the stairs here. So they're traveling, right? And it says that they're traveling a whole day. So maybe Jesus, Joseph is talking to cousin, uh, uh, I don't know. What's that? Eli. Cousin Eli. And he's like, hey, Eli, did you see? Did you, did you see uh, Beersheba? Did you see what she was wearing the other day, man? Can you believe that? On day five, that was a pretty wild night, man. I mean, I think you must have ate like 17 months of things. It was crazy, right? And, Joseph, and Eli's like, I know, man, I ate too much. That lamb, though, was really good. And so they're traveling, and they're going along and along, and they're walking around. And they're talking, and they're having fun. And, you know, maybe Mary's like, hey, uh, Joseph, have you seen Jesus recently? And Joseph's like, eh, I think I saw him with the... Uh, you know, cousin uh, Ezekiel over there somewhere. And she's like, oh, okay. So they keep going. They don't think it's a big deal. And so they're traveling. I'm going to go all the way around because this is a day's journey. It's a long way. So they're taking a day's journey and they're walking away. They're thinking, hey, cousin Aaron, have you seen him? Because I don't know where he's at. He's like, nah, it's okay. So that night as they're walking along, they're kind of packing up their stuff. They get to the resting place a day away from Jerusalem. And they're sitting there. And all of a sudden Mary's like, uh, She's making dinners, you know, maybe tonight's entree is lentil stew with a little bit of uh, kebab or something like that. And they're traveling along, and they're kind of making their campfire, and they're thinking this is not too bad. And they're like, okay, hey, Jesus. Or Mary's like, Joseph, Joseph, go get Jesus. Okay, it's time to eat. I'm tired of that boy running around. And Joseph's like, oh, my gosh, this woman, she's crazy. Must be the Passover. We're going to be home in a day. No big deal. Right? So they're looking for him, right? And all of a sudden, Joseph is gone. And Mary's looking for him, but she can't find him. And Joseph comes back to Mary, and Mary's maybe over here, and he's like, oh, my gosh, this woman's going to kill me. What am I gonna do? Hey, uh, Mary, uh, I, can't, I can't find Jesus. Mary's like, what? Say what? And Joseph's like, uh, I can't find Jesus. And Mary's like, hold on, hold on. What did you say? And he's going, oh, man, this is a bad day for me. I can't find our son. And Mary's like, you mean Jesus, the son of God, our son. You mean the very son of the father who is my boy? You cannot find him right now. And Joseph's like, I can't find him. Ah! Where's my baby? And she's looking over here. And she's looking over here. I can't find my baby. Somebody, somebody, please. Joseph, we're going back to Egypt or Jerusalem right now. And so she runs, right? Boom, fast, moving. I'm not going to walk around because I get too tired. So she's moving back to Jerusalem. Joseph is behind her. Mary, slow down. Mary, I can't take this running. The camel's going to die. I said we're going back to Jerusalem right now. And Joseph is like, Mary, I said slow down. I told you I'm going to go back right now. She's going boom, boom, boom. And Joseph is like, Mary, what are you doing? Like, My back, this woman's great. And boom. They travel a day back. And then it says... I really am out of breath now. <laughs> I take a pause. And then it says in verse uh, 40, 
46 says after three days. There's some discrepancy as to how long the three day was. Some people say it was like there and back, and then there are three days, it could have been five. Some people say it was their day there, day back. My nose is running, sorry. <laughs> and then a day finding him. So whatever it may be, Jesus was gone for three days. Now, I know what it's like to lose a kid, unfortunately. Probably lose the kid, okay? Lily, when she was like six or seven, we just got back from a trip, right? And she was eating peanut butter in the pantry. For some reason, she didn't think it was wise to respond when we said, hey, Lily, where are you? Ever. So we searched our entire house two times. Could not find Lily, right? And so now I'm a cop, so I'm thinking in my mind, FBI says, first 12 hours, if you don't find your kid, they're gone. And I'm like, how long has it been? 30 minutes. Okay, have I seen a car? Can I run after somebody? What am I going to have to do to find this kid? Do I need to call the police? And I'm walking down the street thinking, maybe she went to the zoo. And now I'm thinking, how far could he get? If a car travels, X times Y, the square root of 32 multiplied by the divisible, they can get this many miles away. And I'm thinking, i got to set up a pretty big, you know, square radius and all this stuff. And then, of course, she's sitting in, she's sitting in the closet eating peanut butter. The problem is, is I was seriously scared. <laughs> like, I mean, I was, like, really scared. We found it was good. So you can imagine being without your son for three days, son of God or not, rather traumatic experience, okay? So when they come to find Jesus, you can imagine they're searching everywhere, probably, the only reason I say I think they were searching everywhere is because they, it doesn't say they went right to him. It says they searched for him. So maybe they went to, uh, you know, Uncle, Uncle Jehu's house. Hey, Uncle Jehu, have you seen Jesus? No. Oh, my gosh. And they went over here. Then they searched the camel pens because maybe they liked the camel pens. And there's no Jesus there. And then they ran over here. He's not in the market. Where is he? And they're running all over the city. And they come to the temple. They come to the temple, the house of worship for God. And it says... In verse 46, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers. And he was listening to them and asking them questions. Okay. How many 12-year-olds do we have in the room? One, two, three. I can't count that high. It's okay. Right? So can you imagine you, like, sitting among, like, Ken and maybe Pete and asking him questions, guys? Like, do you guys have an intelligent question you'd like to ask Pete right now? Just asking. No offense. I'm just saying. This, this says something about the person of Jesus. And it says that when Mary saw him, you would think the reaction, right, kids? If they just saw Jesus and it was me, I'd be like, Jesus, your butt is grounded for the next 30 days. You come here right now. I'd grab him by the arm. I'd drag him out the room and say, boy, what were you thinking? You left without telling me. I'm going to take this out of that. You're grounded for the rest of your life. That would be my reaction, right? That would be how I would respond to my son deciding to leave me for three days. Not good for him. He'd get the worst whipping of his life. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's true. Okay? But that was not Jesus's, that was not Mary and Joseph's response. In verse 48, it says, And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. So they're looking for this guy. They're looking for the Son of God, for Jesus, for three days. And when they see him... In the temple, they don't run up there. They pause and they're like, whoa. Whoa. Jesus, or Joseph looks at Mary. Mary looks at Joseph and they're like, this is our son? Because I think like a day ago he was drooling and eating his boogers or something weird like that. Maybe not. Okay, that might be too far. Just poetic license. 
But this is, they see him there and they are mind blown away by what he's doing. They're blown away. And instead of freaking out, instead of responding strangely, they go to him and they say, Mary says in verse 48, she says, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your dad and I, guys, I have the worst running nose right now. This is really frustrating. <laughs> I have been searching for you in great distress. And Jesus' response is, sorry, his response is, and this is what you guys need to listen. All this buildup, all this story about the person, all our talk about what God was and who he was before leads us to this saying here. His response to that question is, why were you looking for me? Now, part of me is like, oh, you're a little smart, Alec, huh? Think you're a funny guy. But Jesus is asking a fundamental question here. Because he's not like you and me. He's a little different. He says to his mom and dad, why were you looking for me? You didn't have to search for me, mom. Joseph, you didn't have to search for me. And this is why. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Never had that been said before, guys. This is not a normal phrase. Joseph wasn't like, hey, Jesus, I want to tell you about your father in heaven. He didn't do that. Jesus provided for us the picture of who God was. And the word here for father is not like Yahweh or Jehovah. The word for father is dad. Like, didn't you know that I would be at my dad's house? Didn't you know, like, I am the son of God. Have you forgotten that Jesus God became man? Have you forgotten that? Because if you hadn't forgotten that, you would have come to the right place, and you probably would have found me in day two. Because you would have come straight to the temple where I was, because where I'm supposed to be as the son of God is with my dad. I'm not supposed to be out there in the marketplace doing my thing. I'm not playing with camels. I'm not throwing rocks into the river. I'm hanging out with my father. And I think for us people, and we'll kind of close with this thought, that's where God expects to find us. If you have accepted the Son of God as your Lord and Savior, God expects you to be with him. He expects you to be one with him and to be with your father. Oh, Kleenex. Man, that is great. Thank you so much. Thing is, if I blow my nose in here, it's going to be pretty gross. Sorry. Dude, I could have used that like 20 minutes ago, huh? <laughs> Anyways, I think this is the point of the day for us, guys, is that our Father is God, right? And we should be in his house. God should not have to come looking for you. It's not like God is up there going, hey, I really want to hang out with Fred today. But I can't find Fred because uh, he's, I don't know, um, he's watching the football game with his buddies. Um, I don't know, hey, I really want to find um, uh, Josiah or Eli or Lily or Hannah, my kids. But I don't know where they're at because I think they've been watching Liv and Maddie all day long. You know, and, and maybe that's not the best comparison. But what I'm saying is, guys, God should not have to come looking for you. 
And you realize when Jesus was 12 years old, he said, he's my father. He was also the father of Mary. He was the father of Joseph. He's my father. He's your father. He's a father to every one of us. And as kids, you guys are not excused from worship of God. As adults, we aren't excused from remembering who God is to us. He is God, and because he's God, he's our father. And the most interesting part about that is Jesus was the father, which meant that he was what? He was safe. He was surrounded by a bunch of other godly men, right? Um, he was at peace. He wasn't worried. He wasn't crying like, where did dear Mary and Joseph go? I can't find them. He was, he was at peace. And he was confident. He knew right where he was supposed to be. It was because he was in his father's house that all those things were true. And guys, that's what it is in our lives. Kids, the only place, adults, the only place you're ever going to be that we're all equally there is in the Father's house, and that's where we're at peace. On a side note, I remember like when I had to study for this, it was over Christmas, right? And I'm like, man, I just want to watch football, eat pie, and like, you know, ham maybe, pork loin, I don't know, pork rib, and hang out. It's not relaxing to have to study. And then God totally convicted me because he's like, you know, studying means spending time with me, right? And that's more relaxing than watching TV. And I'm like, you're right. Dang it. Lost that battle. And so I hope today, guys, that we see that when Jesus at age 12, which is rather young, he wasn't an adult yet. Actually, in Jewish culture, you weren't an adult until you were 13. So at age 12, he was a youth just like you. And he gave us this roadmap that said, I need to be about my father's business and in his house. That's where God should find us every day. In his house. Not worried about like what we're going to have for lunch, per se. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day and your word. Um, I thank you that we're in your house now. Lord, that wherever we're at, uh, that's being in your home. And I pray, God, that today we would all walk away with a sense of uh, what real peace is. That we wouldn't buy into the lie that relaxation is a cup of wine and the football game. Lord, that true peace, true relaxation, true fulfillment is found in the Father's house. And if we want to be at peace, if we want to have a relationship with you, it means being in your presence as often and as uh, frequently as we can. We thank you for your home, Lord. And we thank you that you've given us the keys to the door and an invite that stands open for us to accept. We love you, Lord Jesus, and pray us in your name. Amen.